Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matufu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovo, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. Freedom experience. Experiencing Christ. Praise the Lord, glory to God, and thank you for turning in once again. God bless you wherever you are. I want to say thank you, everybody that has been uh, following us, that is uh, within us and uh, serving with us, ministering with us, following us, supporting us in any way, in any form. May the rich Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. This is Pastor Dennis Matov, older from Kampala, Uganda. You see, from Uganda, we have a ministry called Freedom Experience Ministry, whereby we experience Christ as our life, as our light, as our grace and reality. This is the Christ we have received and we are enjoying Him. We have possessed Him. We are gaining Him on a daily basis. We are taking Him as a portion. We are living in Him, moving in Him, and we have our being in Him. This is going to be our long time vision a long-term work that we are going to be living out Christ until he comes for us. Now, we want to uh, to come out and uh, share with you the Christ we have received and the vision we have seen in the scriptures. God has given us a vision from John 8, 32, whereby the Bible says, And you shall know that truth, and the truth shall make you free, shall set you free. Now, you see that they mention truth two times. Most of us have been knowing the first truth whereby you have objective truth from the scriptures, from the teachings, from whatever you have learned from the Bible. That is the first truth you acquire that gives you knowledge. You begin to have a knowledge of uh, something concerning God, concerning Christ, concerning church. But the Bible mentions in verse 30 to the second truth. They mention truth the second time and this is your experiential experiential truth. This is your experiential truth whereby you have got to uh, uh, quiet yourself with the truth you have now received. Then you enjoy it, practice it, put in your practical and uh, for your enjoyment. And this is our burden to see that the truth you have acquired, the truth you have discovered, begin to live it out. Begin to act with it. Begin to practice it. Begin to experience it. Let it become a uh, Part of your life you see so with this burden we come every day to teach and preach uh, from our platform from our radio from the podcast from the social media from our website please I, uh, I, I request you to visit our website at www 
www.freedomexperienceministry.org you'll find all the episodes you have missed because this is episode 26 on the topic and uh, which is called experiencing christ daily you see we are supposed to enjoy christ on a daily basis you are supposed to enjoy christ on a daily basis you are supposed to take him as your portion every day is your breath is is your breath of life is your food is your drink is your clothing is your light is your air is everything that means you are supposed uh, to take him on the basis and enjoy him this time we want to to, uh, to continue the wonderful uh, uh continuation where we stopped from um and uh, we are going to talk about the experience of christ as the mystery of god and here we are going to see how we can fully uh, take him and the ways we can, uh, the ways in which we can experience Christ on a daily basis. We are in the book of Colossians and um, that is, we have come now to chapter 2. And uh, we are read. let me read from verses 2 to verses 9 uh, for those of you who have just come in. But I, I pray that you go back to catch up with us from the previous episodes. We are in Colossians and chapter 2. And the Bible says from verses, I won't read from verse 2 to 9 uh, so that we catch up in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says in Colossians 2, from verse 2 to 9, I'm reading so that we may go through uh, the teachings. It says that, uh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and for the Father, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 4 says that, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I, am, I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And the Bible says in verse 6 that as ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established, says, and, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Verse 8 says that beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Verse 9 says that, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body. Now, this context is where we are going to, to learn from today. We want to see what is uh, what is Paul uh, intending the, the, the Colossians to see. In this vision we see that in this message we come to the matter of the experience of Christ as the mystery of God so we shall consider a number of points which help us experience Christ in this way uh, when we see the first one is that uh, to have the full knowledge of him as a mystery there is a need to have the full knowledge of him as a mystery and we have seen that in Colossians chapter 2 verses 2 it says unto the full knowledge of the mystery of God. Now, if we would experience Christ as the mystery of God, we need to have the full knowledge of Him as God is mystery. You have got to know all things concerning Christ as God is mystery. We have pointed out that Paul struggled 
That is in verse 1 and even verse 29 uh, of Colossians chapter 1. He struggled out that, uh, that for the Colossians that their hearts would be comforted. That their hearts would be comforted. That is in verses 2, verse 1 and verses 2, verses two of Colossians chapter 2. Now we see that in order to have the full knowledge of such a mystery, our whole being needs to be exercised. You need to exercise your spirit, your soul, and your body. You need to see that Christ permeates all the, the, the entire you in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. If we simply believe in Christ without loving Him, we cannot have His knowledge in full. Because when we believe in Christ, that is the first part of your spirit. It has received Christ. But your soul needs to love Him. Your soul life needs to love Him. For you to see that Christ is also received in your soul life. You see? And when you live Him in your day-to-day life, in your body life, in your actions, in your movement, in your, in, in your being, then your body will also begin to live out the Christ you have received. Now we see that if we love Him partially, but not wholly, we cannot have the full knowledge of Him. We will always have Him in part. We need to love the Lord Jesus with our whole being. And for this reason, the Bible says in Mark chapter 12, verses 30, remember, God gave quoting, uh, Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5, he, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, when he was uh, uh, stating in Mark chapter 12, verses, verses 30. We see the Bible says that, um, in 12.30, it was quoting Deuteronomy 6.5 Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. Now, we see that when our entire being is exercised to love the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall gain the full knowledge of Him. And we are to love Him with, uh, with all our heart. That is the soul life now. With all our soul, with all our mind. And with all our strength, they come to the body uh, and uh, to see that the body with all our strength, we love the Lord. So when, when we are, our entire being is exercised to love the Lord, then we shall come to that full knowledge of Him. Sometimes uh, we are fond of uh, singing this song that says, Oh, how I love Jesus. You know that song that says, Oh, how I love Jesus. And when people are singing this song, it is in a superficial way. It is they, they don't mean what they are singing. It's not according to the full knowledge of Christ. Because the loving of Christ must be in your spirit, soul, and body. This Christ they are singing that they love, they, it is still, it's still a mystery. They have not gotten a revelation on the Christ they are loving. Now, when we exercise our entire being, the soul, the spirit, the body, then we can know Christ in this way and we begin to sing in the right way and a genuine way, oh, how I love Jesus. Now, I recommend that uh, all the saints and if you're a believer anywhere and the churches, we should go back and restudy the book of, in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, the book of John, and the book of Hebrews. You see that there is a number of helpful uh, studies uh, of the message concerning uh, uh, talking about how we can love this Christ, how we can know the depth of Christ. For example, when you study on, in the book of John and Hebrew, 
you will you, see that there is a full explanation of Christ uh, for us to take him and to understand him. Uh, you see that if you spend in, in, enough time in those three books, plus other books, you gain a considerable amount of the knowledge concerning Christ. Now we come to the, 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 the statement that Paul mentions in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6. Remember, Paul says that in verse 6 that if you have received Christ Jesus as the Lord, you see? So, here we want to talk about to receive him. What does it mean to receive Christ? To receive Christ. Now, when we see in this portion, Christ is the portion of the saints. That is in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12. We have received him as the portion of the saints, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Another translation says that giving thanks to the Father, which has qualified us to have a share of the portion of the saints. Now you see that Christ has been has been given to us as a portion. And uh, we have received him for our enjoyment, you understand. Now to believe in him is to receive him. If you are already a believer of Christ, you have already received Christ. This all-inclusive Christ has become the all-inclusive spirit. When we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17, you will see that the Bible says that now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now we see that we have Christ as the all-inclusive spirit. He enters into us and he dwells in our spirit. The Bible says in uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, 22. There are some verses you have been seeing and you didn't know why they are mentioned that way, why they are stated that way. Now look at this 2 Timothy chapter 2, rather chapter 4, verses 22. The last verse says that the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Now when Paul was praying for the, uh, Timothy and the letter of Timothy, or first, second Timothy, he ended by saying that the Lord be with thy spirit. Meaning that when Christ comes into us, he resides in our spirit. But our duty is to remove him, to take him from the spirit, then we begin to flood him in our soul life and our body life. And now once we have received Christ Jesus, we need to receive, we don't need to receive him again. You received him the first time. You don't need to again say that, Lord, I want to receive you. If you are a genuine believer, you are born again. I assure you, you have received Christ. You have him. But there is something that is so important that is uh, you have not yet done. Because if you have received him, then you must apply him. You must apply what you have received. We see that only a very small percentage of those uh, of believers uh, have received Christ, but they are applying him. We have a small percentage of believers. They have already received Christ, but a few are applying Christ in their day-to-day -day life. And to apply Christ is whereby we come to tell you that experience Christ. When you apply Christ that you have received, you begin to enjoy him. You begin to use him. The, the, another word we can say that, use Christ. We all must practice to apply the living Christ in a practical way, day by day. 
to employ another word is to to use Christ. We need to use Christ. You need to use Christ on a daily basis. He wants us to use him. He wants us to use him in our thinking, in our speaking, in our working, in our actions because it is all about Christ. All this while uh, we have been learning how to use Christ as a ministry. We Every day we preach, we teach how to use Christ on a daily basis. And I can tes- testify that this is difficult because by birth it's not natural for us to use Christ. When the person hears us saying that use Christ, they feel as if we are the diminishing Christ, demeaning Christ, lowering Christ to be used. They want him to be in his glory in heaven and they are here on earth praying unto the Holy Christ in heaven and the Holy Father. But it's not like that in the scriptures. God wants us to use him. God wants us to enjoy him, to experience him, to take him as a portion. Now, we see that people are like, uh, they, they, they don't want to use Christ. And they feel like it's not in proper order. Most of our confession to the Lord has been related to uh, the, the, the failure to our uh, to apply Christ because we have received Christ, but we have not yet applied Christ. And we always go to prayer and say, forgive me, Lord, I failed even to understand you. I failed to apply you. I failed to, 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 to experience you. Teach me how to experience you. And this is when God is going to help you because whenever you confess and you come to him and tell him how you have failed to apply him, he's going to show you the way. He's going to open your eyes and shall see the light. You see? So, the hardest lesson for us to learn as Christians today is to apply Christ and to use him. It's not something so simple because the church has not yet seen this full vision and it is hard to the church, to the believers, to apply Christ on a daily basis, to live in him, to move in him, to have their being in him, to act in him, to grow him, to produce him, to to live out Christ. So we have we have heard out of uh, messages. Uh, we have preached out of messages. Even here in our church, in our ministry, we preach about living Christ, growing Christ, and producing Christ. But we, in our daily living, we are not using Christ. We end up spontaneously using ourselves instead of Christ. And a lot of believers are using their self. They are not using Christ. They are depending on their self. But remember, Paul tells us in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. He says that I no longer live and uh, Christ lives in me. So when Christ lives in you, then you have got to use him because you have ceased to live. When you are living, your flesh is going to be active. You're going to use your flesh. That's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified and I've died. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life that I I have in my body, I live it by faith of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says. He is teaching us how to use Christ. He wants us to think Christ, to speak Christ, to move Christ, to walk Christ, to act Christ, to, to, to have our being in Christ. This is the will of God. This is the desire of God. This is what God's intention is. We need to use Christ on, that, on our daily, day, day-to-day basis. There is no need for us to to try to use the self. We are supposed to use our uh, Christ as our portion. But you end, we, we see that we end up using ourselves automatically. You end up speaking by yourself, 
thinking by yourself, ministering by yourself, and the Bible says God does not want ourselves to glory in his presence. Now, in the Gospels, we see that the Lord was charging us to watch and pray. And most of us, we don't know why. Why could Jesus tell us to watch and pray? When you consider this word, watch and pray, you may think that this command is not necessary. But I tell you, you will have to learn to pray such a prayer, to need to watch. There is a need to watch and pray, especially in the matter of applying Christ. That is, when you are going to act out, watch so that you make sure you, you use Christ in everything you are going to do. Pray so that you pray such a prayer. Lord, teach me how to apply you in my day-to-day -day activities. You see, as we are waking up in the morning, we need to be watchful, not do anything without applying Christ. That's why prayer, prayer is so important. Prayer is so important early in the morning. And you say, oh Lord, I pray even this morning as I wake up today, I pray that you may give me the grace to apply you in everything that I'm going to do. But you realize that often as we wake up early in the morning, it seems that the demons are swarming around uh, the head, our head and uh, on the bed waiting to take over. You see, although we are protected by the blood of Jesus and by the Lord Jesus Christ, we are, we are covered with the prevailing blood. We still need to be watchful and resist the evil thoughts injected into us by the enemy. Because once you wake up, wake, wake up in the morning, then you see yourself going back to the date that you, you, you have, to the problems, to the difficulties, and you begin to think about those things, you see? So do not think about anything without applying Christ. We, we certainly need to be on the alert every time. When you're going to act, think, am I applying Christ? We need to be watchful and to pray. You see, but we have seen there is a very few Christians. We have very few Christians that are watchful, that watch and pray in order to apply Christ. A person just wakes up and says, I'm a child of God. Then he begins to work out his own life. So remember that Jesus told us, watch and pray. So we have got to apply that command even in our day-to-day -day life. So although we have received Christ, we are very short in using him, in applying him. Yes, it is true you are born again. You have received Christ. You have him. He's in your spirit. But I tell you, you are very short in using him, in applying him in your day-to-day -day life, in your soul life, in your thinking, in your speaking, in your heart, in your emotions, in your decisions. We are short in using Christ. And if we fail to apply him, then in a practical way, in our daily living, there is little significance that we have received Christ. In other words, you cannot prove that you have received Christ when you are not using him. For example, if you say, I have received money, then the next thing to prove that you have received the money is by using the money. So our experience of Christ should not be so superficial, outward. You see, we should, we should, we should, we should not take so many things for granted. We are thankful for God's salvation in Christ. He has saved us. We are grateful that we have received him. But now he's commanding us. We must go on to apply the very one that we have received. Apply him. The Bible says that since now you have received Christ, then it says be rooted in him. 
So let us see what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2 verses 7. He says, uh, let us read 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 7 says, rooted and being built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now let us jump and come to another one which is to be rooted in him. The first process must be receive him then rooted in him even though in verse 6 and 7 is not the order. Because the order of verse 6 and 7 is if you have received then walk in him. Then they tell you rooted be rooted and built up in him. But I will show you the proper order how it appears by experience. You first receive Christ then you become rooted in him. So let us talk about being rooted in Christ in Colossians 2.7. We see that Paul is talking about having been rooted in Christ. Now, to be rooted in Christ is for, uh, for the growth in life. If you want to grow in the life of Christ, in the Zoe life of Christ, you need to be rooted. In other words, you cannot do anything with Christ and, until you have been rooted in him. So, we see that uh, uh, here in Paul's view, uh, he views the believers as plants. He views the Christians as plants who have been rooted in Christ as the soil. By When Paul says that be rooted in him, he's talking to us that we are plants. We are little plants in this ground called Jesus. So, as plants, we need to be rooted in Christ as our soil, Christ being our soil. So we see that many Christians have not been rooted yet in Christ adequately. They are not rooted. That's why they are bearing other things which are not Christ. They are speaking other things which are not Christ. So, if you are rooted in Christ, do not speak otherwise. So, if, if we have been rooted in Christ properly, then there will be no need to walk and uh, rather to talk much about the ground of the church, how the church should behave. Because if we are rooted, we are going to work it out spontaneously. Amen. So now when we are rooted in Christ, another thing is that we are going to, to be uh, established, established in the faith. That's what Paul is talking about. He says that you are going to be established in the faith. Amen. So uh, this is it and this is what we are talking about. Once you have received Christ, then you begin and you are rooted in him. You are going to uh, work out uh, spontaneously the, uh, in the way that pleases the Lord. You see? So as a ministry, as a believer, as a, Christ, a Christian, you have got to be a person who is endeavoring to be rooted in Christ as your soil. And we see that um, uh, most of us, the believers, we, uh, we, we, we are not in the oneness of the church. We are not in the, in, uh, in the ground of the church. And, and uh, that is oneness because oneness is the ground of the church. And we see that um, this oneness of the church is... Um, 
is 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 for us to live in our spirit with one spirit uh, then one lord then one god and father then this is what we call the oneness as mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4 i want to read you Ephesians chapter 4 so that you see the oneness we are talking about once we are rooted then oneness will be uh, achievable the bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 and 3 the bible says that therefore i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation mm-hmm. where with you are called verse 2 with all lowliness and meekness and long suffering forbearing one another in love he says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace verse 4 says that There is one body and one spirit even as you are called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all so we see that this is the ground they are talking about where the church is supposed to believing in we are supposed to be in the oneness which is in one spirit one lord one father one unity one body as mentioned in Ephesians 4 if we have been truly rooted in Christ in our experience then he will be the base of our oneness no need to teach you to be one to be united once we are rooted in the same soil we are going to produce oneness of the body of Christ and the ground of church is going to be oneness If we have been rooted in him deeply and properly we would never say that God has set up another testimony other than Christ. We will not preach any other message. God's unique testimony is Jesus Christ. Once you are rooted in Christ the message will be one, the ministry will be one. Because if God is one then we are supposed to preach one message. So if we have been rooted in Christ nothing will be able to distract us from him. We are going to be ministering Christ, teaching Christ, seeing Christ, doing everything in Christ. We all should be able to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that I have been rooted in you. I've been rooted in you and I've I have no standing apart from you. You see? So in the in the church today we can testify that our ground is Christ and Christ alone. The problems we have seen in the church come as a result as people have been rooted in several grounds. Others are rooted in doctrines. They are rooted in certain philosophies. They are rooted in certain stuff. We must be rooted in Christ. Remember Jesus says in John 8:31 that if and, Je- and Jesus told to the Jews that had believed on him that if you remain in my doctrine if you remain in my teaching meaning that There are many teachings that are not of Christ that do not teach Christ do not minister Christ and he was he had to remind the Jews to remain in the doctrine in his doctrine the doctrine concerning Christ the doctrine uh, about Christ so that we become whatever Christ is if we consider the situation in today's Christianity we shall see that the various denominations you see and independent groups have something other than Christ as their ground for example the seventh day adventist have their ground uh, like uh, uh, their ground is the keeping of the seventh day 
they mind about the seventh day, that day. And they don't mind about Christ. So, when you come to the ground of the Baptist denomination, they are so much in the baptism by immersion. That's their doctrine. So, when you come to some other denominations such as Church of Christ, those who go, they, they insist that only in their water and uh, 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 can a believer be baptized properly. You see? So, we see that although some groups insist on baptism by immersion, others oppose it. They claim that baptism is strictly spiritual and in the spirit we have other people that believe so that baptism is spiritual in the spirit don't need to do a physical baptism those are all uh, uh, negative backgrounds so the shameful fact is that Christians are divided because they take as their ground something other than Christ something else other than Christ this is why there is division in the body of Christ because once we don't have one ground, the ground of the church is Christ, the oneness, which is by Christ. If we don't have that ground, we are going to be divided. So, Paul realized that the importance of being rooted in Christ. He saw the importance. He knew that it was a serious matter to be transplanted from Christ and to be rooted in something else, such as uh, the heathen philosophy, the Jewish ordinances. We have a lot of believers that have been transplanted from Christ and they are planted into other things. They are being transplanted uh, from Christ and they are planted into other doctrines, other beliefs, other actions. So they, uh, if, if, they, if uh, this is why Paul is telling the, the Colossians that they were, they were transplanted into uh, the philosophy as the soil. Uh, ordinances as the soil so they had been rooted in Christ in the first place but they were transplanted we have got to know that Christ is our unique soil where we are supposed to be rooted and once you are rooted in Christ then you begin to be built up so let us see another uh, statement that Paul says in Colossians 2.7 he talks about being built up in Christ so if you have received Christ, it says that uh, you are going to be rooted in him, then you are going to be built up. That is, the third process is being built up. So having been rooted in Christ, we now are being built up in him. That is Colossians 2.7. Now to be built up is for the building of the body. Although we, we have been rooted, we are still in the process of being built up. We have been rooted, but we are in the process of being built up. This is a corporate matter, as we, uh, as well as it is a personal matter. A building is not composed merely of one item. We cannot say that we are being built up when you are alone. You are one stone. When you, the Bible says that being built up, then that is a corporate statement. It's a corporate matter. As well as a personal matter. You are in the process being built up but with other stones, with other believers, with the church, as a church. So we see that a building is not composed of one block, one brick, one stone, or one item, but of many items that are that have been fitted together. 
So we need to be rooted in Christ and also be built up in the church. So when the Bible mentions being built up in him, that's when you're going to be built up in the church. We have out of believers, they have received him, they are rooted in Christ, but they are not built up in a corporate way in the church. They want to live an individual life. They want to, to say that they don't need fellowship. You see, Paul was concerned uh, lest the Colossians be distracted from Christ and the church, meaning that the vision of Paul's ministry was about the church and the, the, the Christ and the church. And this is the ministry today. We are supposed to preach Christ and the body of Christ, which is the church, to prepare the church for Christ. So, these were rooted in Christ, but they still had to go on to be built up in the church. Likewise, us today, we have received Christ, we are rooted in Christ, but we need to go on to be built up in the church, to become the church of God. Now, in order to be built up like uh, corporately as a church, uh, the, 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 we need to forsake other observances. We need to forsake other ordinances. We need to forsake other philosophies. We need to forsake other doctrines. Because once we are taken by those doctrines, I tell you, um, we, would, we are going to be transplanted from Christ. The moment you are taken, for example, we have even the gifts in the church. We have the gifts in the church. They are spiritual things. But once we are taken by gifts, we are transplanted from Christ, the owner of the gifts. And we are going to be rooted, rooted in the gifts. So, when we, if we are led astray from the church life, then we are, going to, we are not going to bear fruit for Christ. Whenever we take in some something that is uh, other other than Christ, let's say philosophy, ordinances, other things like other teachings, observances, or any other practice that we do in church, that is in the place of Christ, the church life is going to be annulled, it's going to be um, removed, and it's going to die. We are divided from those from the believers uh, whenever. We are not built up as a corporate in a corporate way. So, we are divided from those believers who have been having different opinions concerning the matter of the church. There is today dissension and separation, division in the church because people have got opinions. And opinions come because we are not rooted in the same ground. You have your own opinion, I have my opinion basing on the grounds we are planted, we are rooted. We can't be rooted in Christ and have different opinions. That's why Paul was emphasizing in Ephesians 4 that we are supposed to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Then he tells us there is one body. There is one Spirit. He says we are called unto one hope of our calling. He says there is one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. In other words, we need the oneness. So opinions are a result of the different grounds we are standing on. We have been rooted. You see? Now, in principle, this is what happens to some saints among us. 
who are influenced by certain concepts. Now, as a result of this influence, they lose their heart for the church, the church life. They have their concepts. Then they begin to talk about, they begin to talk ill and bad about the church. They begin to talk about ill and bad about leadership in church because they have lost the ground. They are now having, they are now occupied with other concepts. They are now standing on other grounds. They begin to fight the body of Christ. They begin to fight the unity of Christ. They begin to fight the leadership of the church. You see, it is no longer possible for them to be built up in a corporate way. They begin to separate. Remember, Jesus says that whoever does not gather with me, he scatters. So we have some believers that are now scattering Christ, scattering the, the church, the, the church life, the church, the body of Christ. So it is important to be rooted in Christ and to be built up in Christ and in the church. And this is uh, in this way we are going to experience Christ as the mystery of God. I believe you are following and you, you understand now clearly what Paul was implying. What happens when we are rooted and built up? The Bible comes on to say in Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 says um, rooted and built up in him then we are going to be established in the faith abounding in thanksgiving. I think I'll talk about that then we shall um, end. We shall come back to talk about something else next time. Now when we are rooted in Christ another thing is that we are going to to be um established established in the faith that's what paul is talking about he says that you are going to be established in the faith so paul is giving us the the sequence he says that you have received christ then you are going to be rooted in him then built up in him then you shall be established in the faith and then you shall abound in thanksgiving he says abounding in thanksgiving in other words, the end result is supposed to be thanksgiving. Verse 7 has told us that when we are established in the faith, then we are going to, uh, as we were taught, he says, as you were taught. In other words, the faith that we are to be established in comes as, uh, from the, uh, as a matter of teaching. The teaching you have received makes you to have a faith, your own faith. Then you are going to abound in thanksgiving. Now here he talks about the word, in the faith in the faith and here um, he means in our faith in the subjective faith by which we believe your faith not the faith in of that which you believe in because faith is of two aspects there's what to call the objective faith that that is the faith of that you have in that which you are believing in the faith of something like the faith you have in god when we talk about our faith, is that subject to faith that you have now, that has become part of you. You believe in it because you have known it and you believe in it. You are now, it is now part of you, your subjective faith, which you believe. You see? So, if we are distracted from Christ and turn our, our attention to the things that replace Christ, our faith will be weakened. And it is going to be shaken. 
And that's why Paul says that when we, we are established in the faith, then we are going to be abounding in thanksgiving. And once you are taken away from Christ, and if you are taken away and swerved into other things, then I tell you, your faith is going to grow weak. It's going to be shaken. It's going to be weakened. But if we remain in Christ and are built up in the church, our life, our faith will be, will be strengthened. Now, those who, those who become dissenting or di, di, uh, dividing and they forsake the church life experience, they are weakened of their faith. Their faith becomes weak. Outwardly, they may proclaim to have sweet fellowship with the Lord, but inwardly, they, their faith has diminished. So, when, 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 when they are alone, maybe at their homes, they may wonder what is happening inside them. They are troubled by doubts and they, they know deep within them that they have lost their fellowship with the Lord because they are dissenting, they are separative. Now, because they have so many doubts and questions, they cannot be established in the faith because they are already out of the proper ground. So, by contrast, we see that those who remain in Christ and the church, they have strong faith and they have firm assurance because they are rooted in a proper ground, which is the oneness, which is the ground of the church. Now, we have pointed out that the faith in verse 7 refers to our faith, the subjective faith. And we have, we have got to find out why Paul says the faith when he's actually speaking of our faith. Now, the answer is that he regards the faith of our faith, uh, rather, he regards the faith as our faith and our faith as the faith. It is one thing. We cannot be established in someone else's faith. My faith cannot establish you in your faith. You cannot grow by my faith. What establishes you is your faith. When I'm teaching you my faith, you are supposed to take my faith as your faith by believing by yourself so that you get your own faith. Now, this is so important for us to know. You cannot be built up by someone else's faith. Because someone says that I believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, that is his faith. And for you to, to, to enjoy that verse, you are supposed to get a, your faith concerning that verse by experience, you see, subjectively. So, this is what I mean. You are only established in your faith, you are not established in anyone's faith. Anyone's faith, my faith will help you to build your faith. You are not going to share my faith in your day-to-day -day life. You need your faith, your subjective faith. That's what. That's why Paul says that our faith or the faith. So you must be established in your own faith. This means that our faith must become the faith, and the faith must become our faith ours you see we are established in our faith only which is the faith that which is in you so the way to be established in the faith is by abounding with thanksgiving you see abounding in thanksgiving the verse has told us 
in Colossians 2 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. It's all about abounding with thanksgiving. So, what are we to learn from this? We are the right, in other words, when we are right with the Lord, you are in the right uh, order, the right position with the Lord, then, and also you are in the fellowship with Christ, the Lord himself, then you are going to be filled with thanksgiving. Why? You are, plant, you are planted in the ground, which is Christ. You are one with the Lord, which is your Christ. You have fellowship because you are rooted in him. Then you are going to be filled with thanksgiving. Why? Because you'll be seeing everything possible. You'll be seeing that he cannot forsake you. Even when trouble comes your way, you'll be thankful. You're going to be abounding in thanksgiving, with thanksgiving at all times. That's why Paul says that in every situation, give thanks to the Lord. That will work for only those that are grounded in, rooted in Christ and are built up in Christ and in the church. They will always abound with thanksgiving because they trust in the Lord in which they are planted. When we are not right with the Lord, we cannot be able to give thanks. We are going to complain. We are going to begin to fear, to worry. Worry and fear and doubt is a sign that you are you have, you have been transplanted from Christ and you are in something else. If you ask the, the dissenting ones, the rebellious ones in the church today, if they are abounding in thanksgiving, their mouth will be stopped. They cannot say we are, thanks, we, we are thankful. Because the moment you begin to dissent, to become a rebel of the church, to fight the church, then you cannot uh, like abound in thanks, with thanksgiving. If you claim to have good fellowship with the Lord, but you cannot render thanks to Him, then your claim is false. Because if we are in good fellowship and in relationship with God, and we are grounded in Christ, we are going to be thankful at all times, no matter what. So according to this verse, the words abounding in thanksgiving are related to being established in the faith. If you have got your own faith and you are established in that faith, you are built up in that faith, you see, you are strengthened in the faith you have within you, then you are going to abound with thanksgiving. And this indicates that whether or not we have been established in the faith depends on whether or not we are abounding in thanksgiving. So if we do not, if we do a certain thing in fellowship with the Lord, we shall be filled with thanksgiving. So if you do anything when you're in fellowship with the Lord, always thanksgiving is going to be if you do anything that is apart from Christ, then I tell you, you shall not be able to give thanks. For example, um, if you are able to, uh, uh, you, you, you are not able to thank the Lord when you participate in a particular form of worldly entertainment. For example, you went into a disco and you say that I feel I'm thankful because uh, I went to the disco. It cannot apply because whatever activity you did minus Christ cannot lead your spirit to thanksgive, to thanksgiving you see, you may claim to be happy but you cannot honestly thank the Lord now sometimes it seems that we 
we can thank the Lord for a certain thing, but after a little while, you begin to repent for of the very thing you you are, you are thanking the Lord. You have thanked the Lord for certain, thing and you begin to receive a conviction that that is not from the Lord. That thing was not from the Lord. It was from your own um, uh, means. So we must not deceive ourselves. We should check if we are abounding in thanksgiving. If we are, then we are being established in the faith. Now, when we go back, we can see that we have learned something even today. We have seen that we have received Christ. We have also seen that we have now we are now being uh, rooted in him we have also seen that we are going to we are now being built up in him and the church and we have also seen that we are going to abound in thanksgiving or we abound in thanksgiving let us speak uh, uh, concerning one thing then we shall stop here for today that is to walk in him so another way to experience Christ as the mystery of God is to walk in him. Now we go back to Colossians 2.6. He says that if now you have received Christ as the Lord, walk ye in him. As we have received Christ, we should walk in him. Now what does it mean to walk in Christ? Now you are going to get a deeper, deeper understanding of the word to walk in Christ. For example, when the Bible says to walk in Christ, it means to live in Christ, to act in Christ, to behave in Christ, and to have our being in Christ. We should walk in Christ, we should live in Christ, we should act in Christ, so that we may enjoy His riches, just as the children of Israel lived in the good land and enjoyed all its rich produce. When they talk about walking in Christ, you are going to see that Christ is your good land. That means that in our experience of Christ, Christ should be the good land in which we live and walk and have our being. This should not merely be a doctrine to us. We need to pray, Lord, I want to live in you. Lord, I want to walk in you. Lord, I, want, I pray that I, I move in you. I have my being in you. Lord, I want it to be my good land. Be a good land to me in my experience. And that every aspect of my living may be in you. You need to pray such a prayer. We need to learn to, to live, to move, to walk in Christ. So, uh, this is a lesson for us to learn. And this is why Paul was encouraging the children of Colossia. Once you have discovered Christ is your Sophia is your realm for you to live. Another thing is that you're going to be rooted, built up, abound in thanksgiving, then you're going to be walking in Him. Walking in Him. This is the will of God. This is what He desires. Hallelujah. This is what He desires. So, I want to stop here by the grace of the Lord. And I pray that you have been blessed. I believe you have been blessed. You have learned something today. May the Lord richly bless you. Uh, thank you for following. God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, Ola from Kampala, Uganda. Freedom Experience Ministry, where we experience Christ. If you have been missing, you have missed our previous lessons, our previous episodes, 
please visit our website at www.freedomexperienceministry.org. You can also visit our Facebook page at Freedom Experience Ministry. And if you feel like you want to sow your seed to be a partner to, to, to share of, of that which you are doing, to partake, to be a sharer, a participant in what you are doing, you can go on our Facebook page and you donate. God is going to bless you in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for you that God bless you wherever you are. Those that are following, those that are sharing our messages, those that are telling uh, their fellows concerning our website and our ministry, God bless you. If you need these teachings, they are also downloadable, but you have got right to me so that I show you how you can download to them. You can download them. They are not easily downloadable unless you have followed us. The moment you begin to follow us, you click and follow us, you begin, then you are able to download them and enjoy them and you even listen to them in your free time. God bless you. We are still ministering to you and we are still bringing a lot to you so that you experience and enjoy Christ. We have wonderful devotions on our website on top of the audio teachings. We are basically uh, putting audio teachings uh, on the website and also devotions. Uh, and I know that if you have been following, the Lord is blessing you. On our website, there is everything that you need, and it is in several translations. You can translate even to the, uh, the uh, remote language you think, uh, including Swahili. You can translate our, our, our website for your own proper understanding. We have also the Bible included there, and everything is set for you to enjoy Christ. And may the grace of God be with you in Jesus' mighty name. We love you. Bye-bye. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website, www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.